This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me. Ian Doyle joining me today, as they have been for the last few days, is our uh, Liverpool correspondent, both home and away. It's the tall man. He's almost as tall as the Eiffel Tower. It's Paul Ghost. Hi, Paul. <laughs> Hello, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, all good. Um, very busy day. Very are you, busy have your fingers? Are they, are they all exhausted from all that typing? Yeah, um, yeah, they very much are. But um, I think we've finally just proven third Eastern Amber as big as the Eiffel Tower, haven't we? Because we were there today. And, um, it's the first time I've seen it. Actually, it's uh, quite spectacular, to be fair. And you were miles away from it as well. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, somebody else is not quite as big as the. I'm so, I'll just stop with these height references. Sorry, Theo. It's the O. Theo Squires. Hiya. How are you doing? Hi, Ian. Hi. Um, as good as I was when you asked me at the Alpha Tower a few hours ago. Well, you know, this is content. Content <laughs> is king, as we know, or queen, depending on who's actually doing it. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, we can actually talk about the game, finally. Liverpool playing in the 10th European Cup final or Champions League final, if what would it be? Fifth? Yeah, fifth Champions League final, yes. Uh, Ghosty, it's Real Madrid. They played each other four years ago in the final, obviously. Probably more pertinently, they played each other in the quarterfinals <coughs> last year yeah. and Real won that one as well over the two legs. But Liverpool a bit of a different beast this year. You could argue that Real Madrid are as well. You know, they won the they won La Liga, uh, won it by a fair distance, actually. Quite clearly the best team in Spain. When it's come to the Champions League, though, they've uh, made it very exciting for themselves. Whereas you could possibly argue with Liverpool is that they've had a more consistently tough draw throughout the tournament. You'd say that Real Madrid definitely had the tougher yeah. task in the yeah. in the knockout stages, but for Liverpool, they won all six games in the in the group stage. First English team to do that. Took on the Italian champions into Milan, beat them away. Obviously got beat at home, but they've done the hard work away from home. Took on Benfica, you know, the, the great Portuguese side, won away there. And against Villarreal, who've been the you know the, the shock uh, team, the surprise packet of the package, I should say, of the of the tournament, they. Nearly, should we say, nearly messed it up in the away game, certainly for forty-five minutes. Although you could argue that, <clears throat> no, that over uh, over the one hundred and eighty minutes, yeah. Villarreal had forty-five good minutes, and Liverpool were quite clearly the better well, team. Yeah, there you go. It was, um, you know, one Villarreal played well for one quarter of, of that two-legged tie. But yeah, certainly Real Madrid have, have had it more difficult beating Chelsea, having to beat Chelsea, Paris Saint Germain, and uh, Manchester City on route to the final. Something have been meaning to look up for weeks and I just haven't had the chance <laughs> is how often Real Madrid have led in the knockout stages because um, it's difficult to recall them all now because they were ahead for a long time against Chelsea because they won the first game didn't they 3-1 at Stamford Bridge so. yeah yeah. Benzema's hat against PSG was the final half hour yeah and he, against... he lost 1-0 to <clears throat> Paris Saint-Germain at home sorry away didn't he that was a late goal from Mbappe, I think. Um, obviously, they turned it around in two minutes at the very death against Manchester City and then went to extra time and got the, the goal that they needed. So, um, it's been a strange campaign for them in terms of they've had to rely on their mental strength a lot and they've got this weird, almost mythical power where they just kind of remember that they're Real Madrid for 10 minutes and the next thing you know, Benzema's knocked in a couple and, and they, they're either going through or, or they're taking it to extra time or whatever it may be. But I wonder how long that can last. 
Um, it's not very sustainable, is it? Exactly. It, I mean, it's, it's, the, old, it's, it's the old thing of, try, of doing as little as they're not doing as little as possible to get through the game. That's that's not correct. But it does seem as though they seem to be playing this kind of game of Russian roulette, where it's yeah. like, yeah, let's see, let's see how far we can take it this time before we get it back. I mean, it, it's not luck at all. It's it's very much them leaning into their reserves of character, which they've clearly got. But I just wonder on the night tomorrow if they give Liverpool. The opportunity to overrun them for 40, 50 minutes, Liverpool might take the game away from them and then it might be one comeback too many. But I think this is the fascinating thing off the game. I think Liverpool go into it um, not as underdogs, which is probably a rarity when you think of who they're playing, you know, the 13 times champions of Europe. Theo, you were at the press conference with uh, me and Paul earlier today. Jurgen Klopp went up first with Trent, Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson and it's fair to say that the Liverpool players seemed fairly relaxed and Jurgen Klopp was fairly relaxed as well. Yeah, they were. I suppose it's not a new experience for them now when they first played Real Madrid in the final in 2018. But it was about winning that first one. Jurgen Klopp referenced it himself. It's not just that final for him. He lost a lot of finals in the past. But the Liverpool side is so different to they were then. Like when they're talking to them about, oh, you lost the Premier League title last weekend, how's that going to affect you? Well, it's not. They got it out their system on the day. They sulked for a couple of days, they moped. And then as soon as Tuesday came around, it was all attention to the Champions League. They can make this a treble. I know we talk about maybe their running's been a bit easier than uh, Real Madrid's, but they've still had to beat Serie A champions last year, Serie A champions this year, the Liga champions last year. If they want to win the final, they have to beat the La Liga champions this year. Not sure if that pattern works for both ways of Portugal, but they're definitely beating at least one of the Portuguese champions. And then Europa League League champions last year as well. So it's the mentality monster spirit. They've always found a way to get on top. Uh, It might not be as big... Bit louder now. That's gone off behind us. I was going to say it was a helicopter. We've, we've gone through all of the different kinds <laughs> yeah. of uh, noises that could come through. That was a helicopter. Sorry, Theo. But yeah, they've had to beat all these sides that have been used to winning in recent years, and you can understand why they're so relaxed. <laughs> Back again. <laughs> why they're so relaxed about it because they have, in every cup competition, gone all the way. And even when they've needed penalties, they've still held their ground, come out on top twice against Chelsea, they've beaten Man City in a, a knockout game this year. There's no reason why they shouldn't be relaxed and confident. They've got that experience now. The only thing is you're against Real Madrid, who've got it in even more than Liverpool. But that's why it's such a, a fascinating final. Uh, Gorsty, you're just pointing at Sadio Mane on the screen, which I was actually going to ask you a question on him uh, right now because we did talk about him yesterday. Was it yesterday? Is it only yesterday? Yeah, it only yesterday. Morning, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we just, did this morning as well. Yeah, we did this morning. <laughs> but oh, Jurgen Klopp's come out and he got asked. It was quite clever, wasn't it? Well, it was quite brave, wasn't it? He said, didn't he? I think it was... it. Uh, was it a German reporter who asked the question yeah. about, about yeah, what he brings to the Bundesliga? Yeah, what he mm-hmm. brings to the Bundesliga, and, and kind of the answer that Jurgen Klopp gave kind of opened the door to people such as ourselves thinking, "Well, hang on, he, Sadio Mane might be going now." So, when you put that together with what Sadio said in the mix zone in the media day at the AXA Training Centre in Kirby on Wednesday, it's quite a little subplot to this final because mm. obviously, in the it wasn't that long ago that. Real Madrid. In fact, Carlo Ancelotti got asked about him, didn't he? Yeah, because he said, "Well, you know, you're very brave asking asking a question about tra- the transfer market before a Champions League final." But uh, Real Madrid was a team that were looking at Man a couple of years ago. That seems to have gone quiet. Now it seems to be buying him. Want to sign him? Yeah, I I was under the impression that um, Mane was set to do a kind of not so much an about turn, but just a, a big reveal that he's going to be staying on. Um, and I think you said that yesterday, didn't we? But 
was Klopp's answer, wasn't it, to the German reporter that made me think, mm, this sounds ominous. It was basically, um, whatever team Sadio was playing for next season, he'll be a big star for. And it wasn't exactly, um, you know... He's, he's, it's got to be Liverpool, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, it's um, that has opened a can of worms. Uh, I hope there's no shadow tomorrow. I don't think it will. Um, but it is just a little bit of a subplot, isn't it? And it'd be a shame if this is the way Mane kind of bows out because he's been Liverpool's best player since the turn of the year. He's had a sensational year personally, obviously winning the Africa Cup of Nations and then sending Senegal to the World Cup as well as on top of winning the domestic double with Liverpool and then going for the Champions League tomorrow. I think he's got 23 goals this season. Um, probably not far off his best return actually, is it? I think his best return might have been 20... 17-18. 24 or something? 17-18. Oh, yeah, he, he got 20. 17-18, yeah. I think it was his 20th goal. Would have been when he got the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be a shame to see him move on and the interesting thing for me is Liverpool moved to get Luis Diaz in six months earlier, didn't they? Because Tottenham made their interest known. <clears throat> I wonder now if Sadio Mane leaves, Liverpool will feel they've already got his replacements in. Mm. I think the interesting thing for Mane though is that he's actually become that central striker. When yeah. It was yeah, yeah. For me, you know, and then more more latterly Jota. Mm. It, it does. We lose Nerigi. It does seem as though if Mane does go and you lose Nerigi as well, they'll probably have to get. At least one forward in. Although they could, argue, so, they could yeah. argue that yeah. oh look, we've got Cavalio, Fabio Cavalio coming in. Um, but yeah, Theo, I'm going to talk about something else with you now. Something that got brought up, which I hadn't even noticed until it got mentioned, and that's the pitch here at the Stade de France. I mean, we obviously went outside and watched the um, watched them do the opening tra- open training session. Both Liverpool and Real Madrid didn't seem to be too much of an issue with it, did it? But it turns out that. They started laying it, I think, earlier this week, and it only got finished. It was at two a.m. tonight. Yeah, they finished it yesterday, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, two a.m. Yeah, so is it a concern? I mean, both managers kind of got asked about it, and they both kind of sidestepped it and said, "Well, you know, it's not brilliant, but it'll do." Uh, yeah, Jurgen Klopp said it's one where you're not going to complain about it if you win. Mm. Um, it's easy to make excuses, and he was very clear that he wasn't making excuses. But he found it a very strange decision to uh, put down a new pitch so close to the final, the biggest game in club football, and it's right at the end of the season. Um, we saw the training sessions, and if you want to pick holes, you can say maybe Real Madrid, when they were doing their shooting practice, it was a bit wayward at times. Liverpool, when they were doing that crossbar challenge, that was a bit wayward as well. But then that's not really how you judge a game, how you judge what the turf's like. No. Um, what the surfaces we've all played on as amateurs can <clears> be <throat> worse than what they're used to playing on. But then the best players can do it on any surface, you'd like to think, just because they're used to these elite ones. Um, well, I interviewed Alan Kennedy a few weeks ago, and it's interesting because that, that game was against Real Madrid, was obviously in Paris as well. He was the match winner. And he says what people don't remember is how awful the pitch for him mm. was that very, day. Very, very dry bubbly. And he said yeah. that is the main thing he takes away from that game, even more than the fact that he scored this winning goal in a European Cup final. Now, it's not going to be anywhere near as bad as it was on that occasion. But it's interesting, we're getting these similarities to Paris 81, Liverpool, Real Madrid, this city, the pitch. That's also the last time Real Madrid lost a European Cup final. It's all starting to add up a little bit. Is it adding up for you? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll rephrase that question completely. What I will say is I'll bring in Thiago, I can't, not literally bring him in, but I'll bring him into the conversation where he was 
at the press conference. Well, we, we found out obviously that he's flown, so he's part of the uh, part of the squad. Jurgen Klopp mentioned said yeah, he's one hundred percent going to be okay. And then he takes part in the open training session, looks fine. Although Liverpool weren't exactly going on it like Real Madrid, you know, yeah. they, they they were properly going for this session. I think Liverpool might well have another one tomorrow morning. But, you know, don't know entirely know about that. But then Thiago disappeared for a little bit and came back, and you know that sent the alarm bells ringing a little bit. He was in conversation, deep in conversation with one of the the fitness uh, coaches, and when he came back, he didn't do I mean there wasn't long to go but he didn't do a lot of ball work in that time so it will be interesting to see what happens with Thiago <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> I'd be wary of reading too much into the open training session because Liverpool very much go through the motions with them I've seen enough of them over the mm. last few years to know that it's a box ticking exercise in terms of it being a media thing um, as opposed to any genuine kind of getting any value out of it we've seen Real Madrid as you say they had a pretty much a Seven a side game, then they, you know, shortened the pitch and the start. The France pretty much played in one of the halves, and, and we're going at it hell for leather. Um, so completely different contrast and training sessions on the eve of the game. But I wouldn't be reading too much into what did and what didn't happen in, in Liverpool session. I just think they tend to just have a little warm up, get a little feel of the pitch, and see how they go. Um, Liverpool were playing crossbar challenge at one point, weren't they? Yeah. And Diaz and Firmino were having a game of one bounce, so. Uh, very different to Real Madrid, where you see them all chasing after it and they were doing, doing, they were doing the rondos as well. The yeah. Real Madrid players just seeing it, a replay of it now. And if just looking then, you just forget that they've got Aiden Hazard and Gareth Bale. I know you were looking mm. at Gareth Bale during the training session. Now we always seem to be on the kind of fringe of anything that they were doing. Yeah, it's strange to, to have a player of his quality just kind of rotten away almost. Um, very surreal what's happened to his career, but he's still. Top quality, you know, when you when see him playing for Wales, he's, he's one of the best players in Europe. But um, I haven't followed Real Madrid closely enough to kind of know what's happened there early. But um, he's a top player. But obviously, Vinicius is going to start on the left, possibly Rodrigo on the right, and, and the main man, Benzema, down the middle. So, um, you know, Madrid's front six is, um, is very strong, particularly the midfield. We talked about it yesterday we with Cruz Modric and um, Casemiro. Um, so that'll be that'll be the big battle in midfield. You know, those three up against Thiago, hopefully Fabinho and Henderson and Orcata, or you know one or the other. Um, it's just a case of whether Real Madrid's backline can keep out Liverpool's front three. I'm, I'm not too sure they'll be able to, given on what I've seen up against other top level forward lines this season. I mean, forget 2018 for a second, Theo. Just what happened last year, you know, 2021 quarterfinals, does that have more bearing on this? Because, you know, you, you could argue, you know, Carlo Ancelotti wasn't in charge, was he then? So a lot of things are different in, in that short space of time. What, 13 months? Well, those games last year, the, the one in Spain was a training ground, wasn't it? It was the, the reserves team's yeah. stadium. Yeah. There were no fans. It was such a strange environment at the time you remember the Liverpool team they had no senior centre-backs it was Nat Phillips and was it Ozan Kabat yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's like it's a completely different ball game for them now when they've got the seniors players back do you reckon that could work in Liverpool's advantage in the Real Madrid fact, don't in know the, what to expect the, from them exactly that yeah I mean it sounds ridiculous to say that, not you saying it but I, mean, I was going to say exactly the same thing that, that a team that's played this is the 63rd game of the season they're you know, one of the most watched teams in Europe that they could in some way surprise Real Madrid but they possibly could do, especially. But this is where the Ancelotti factor comes in because he might he'll know what to expect because he has played against, uh, sorry, managed against Liverpool. This Liverpool, admittedly, with varying degrees of players playing against them, to 
you know, in fact, having thought about it, he had the same thing. Didn't he had the same thing because <laughs> his first game was the FA. His first derby was the FA Cup. Well, when when was all the reserves he, he's got a very good record generally, though, because he, yeah. he was an athlete manager when, when they beat them in Italy. That's true. And, that's true. Yeah. So well, both games, I think, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, they went yeah, and uh, they got a. Was he manager when they got a draw? At Anfield, or I think he got yeah, by there. He was manager when they got to draw at Anfield. He was, he was sacked just afterwards, wasn't he? Yeah, that's because right. It, like, he was in yeah. a press conference and then he got yeah. sacked for not qualifying. Yeah. So basically, Ancelotti, he seems to be the one that knows how to you know, get around, a way around a Jurgen Klopp team. Which made it quite interesting when he was talking about his uh, European Cup finals, his favourite ones, the one he actually lost to Liverpool. But yeah, he's one of the greatest managers ever, like, even though he's that. Ex Everton manager, you don't take that off him or anything. It's still you're in awe when he speaks. <laughs> oh, there you go. We're, we're waiting for this. He's two footed Everton. Good grief! But when Ancelotti speaks, you listen, don't you? He's got that aura about him. You can't not when you've won as many European Cups as he's had. And if you try and think of an eleven of the greatest players he's managed, it's impossible. There's so many great names. He obviously he knows how to win these games, but. At the same time, like we've just been saying, he didn't really experience a Liverpool side at their full power. Like this Liverpool side, they've got so many points to prove. And you'd like to think it goes in their favour. It was interesting what Klopp said about when he was asked who were the favourites for this game. And he'd say, well, you look at Real Madrid's history and everything, it's got to be them. They've got these players that have won five European Cups. But he wants to be in a position where he can say, they're the, Liverpool are the favourites, that teams fear them, that they're looking at them the same way. Well, tomorrow could be a big step in that direction if they can make it uh, two European Cups in what four or five years at Real Madrid's expense. In Real, they've won it, have they? Since, since they beat Liverpool, they've no. got to a final, have they? So, I mean, mo- a lot of the players, not all of them, uh, Paul, are, are, are still involved. But you mentioned the three midfield; they're yeah. still there. Um, Benzema's still there, but you know, it's that Rodrigo and uh, Vinicius, and it was Vinicius, wasn't it, in the the three-one game last season yeah. where he. Yeah caused Trent a fair amount of problems and you do think that could be a key battle of what is likely to be many, many key battles? Yeah, I I think you look all over the pitch, the key battles are this Van Dijk against Benzema, (coughs) Modric against Thiago, um, Trent against Vinicius, but I'd I'd slightly caveat the the Trent performance and result in Madrid with the fact that Liverpool didn't have their first choice Back five, I'll do the back four. Mm. Um, Klopp was a bit naive, to be honest. Probably one of my only criticisms of him over the last few years, where he didn't kind of tailor Liverpool's setup to the fact that he had a couple of defenders who were an elite level playing for them. He still continued to play as though he had Van Dijk and Matip pushing right up, trying to squeeze the pitch, and uh, it left Alexander Arnold exposed at times, particularly against Real Madrid when he hadn't got a, a a massive or a Van Dijk kind of covering when, when those spaces are vacated, which Trent obviously will, will do with his national game. So it'll be interesting to see the difference having Van Dijk and Matip or Canate tomorrow. Um, because um, I just think Liverpool's system, they, they, they know what they're doing. Though. They've played 62 games this season and they've had so much success doing what to, what to do, the patterns, all the movements, it's just kind of natural now. So um, I think that'll be a massive factor, the fact that Liverpool will have two top-class centre-backs in their defence and, and Trent will be allowed to play his normal game and look to cause Real Madrid more problems than they'll give him. They've got that spine as well, don't they? Like Fabinho and Alisson, they did yeah, have them yeah. in 2018. Yeah. Were they both fit last year or was that one like with Fabinho? 
Fabinho. Fabinho. I can't remember actually. No, it was wasn't it Fabinho, Cater, and someone else in midfield. midfield. Um, and was it Fabinho? It must have. It must Thiago, have been. Thiago was on the bench. Yeah, really Thiago came off for Cater. Yeah. Cater. So. Henderson was injured by that point. Because they'd have the yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. Henderson yeah. was injured. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is Cater, isn't it? Because you know when he went off, everybody thought, "Oh, that's it. We're never going to see him again." He didn't play again that season, and now. If one of we will come to the teams in a bit, one of Fabinho or Thiago doesn't make it, is it? It's almost certain that Kate is going to start. Yeah, well, it's 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 a case of four into three now with Liverpool's midfield, isn't it? Thiago, Fabinho, and then Henderson or Kaiser. Um and you can kind of use that as a bit of a horses for courses approach. Um, it's the, the age-old question, isn't it? If Liverpool are playing in the Champions League tomorrow, what's your team? Well, they are, so what's your team? And I don't, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that We'll do that in a minute. I, I, don't, yeah, don't, I don't know if we'll pick over them too, but... Um, well, you've got, got a few options. minutes to think about yeah. it, yeah. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Uh, talking about Alisson, I've got this feeling this might come down to the goalkeepers which you could argue to a certain degree in 2018 it came down to the goalkeepers because obviously we're both different but we know what happened with with uh, Loris Karius and it was interesting that Jurgen Klopp actually made a point of mentioning that he'd suffer concussion during the game yeah. mm-hmm. and it was proven later on because I think people do forget that yeah um, that's never remembered that yeah no, well because he's concussed that's why mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> but Real Madrid had Keylor Navas and he made a couple of good saves certainly in the first half when Liverpool began strongly were on top and there's every chance the game might go the same pattern where Liverpool come out of the blocks, have a proper go at it, see what, what state Real did really now they can cope with the intensity. And it may be that it's Courtois needs to make one or two good saves. Real Madrid will have their moments in the game for sure. And Alisson, who's been, as far as I'm concerned, one of Liverpool's best players over the past two months, it's going to be on him, isn't it? Because they will find a way through. Because you know, to, to think that you know, Jurgen Klopp said this earlier in the week when we spoke to him, that you're going to go through a final and not have any dodgy moments. It's just ridiculous, especially as anything, something as important against top teams such as Real Madrid. Well, it was the pattern in the two big cup games, wasn't it, in the FA Cup? And they started so well against both Man City and Chelsea. They got the goals early against Man City. They didn't against Chelsea. Had a little bit of a wobble and fought, mm. fought back. But Alisson has been crucial this year. Like He's just this keeper that most other goalkeepers, when someone's like one-on-one, you think, oh, that's a goal. But he saves it time and time again. He's just got the, the golden glove. And you think he's another player you forget. Well, he went through a difficult time last year for personal reasons. Came back fighting. Uh, we saw how emotional he was when he scored that goal against West Brom, which played a huge part in Liverpool being here tonight. Uh, what fourteen months on? Obviously, he's going to mention that in his blood red. 14, 14 months. It was only it was only a twelve months and a week, wasn't it? Was it even that short? Sure? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was sixteen. It was sixteen. Yeah, the last ever three hundred and seventy-seven days actually. Well, I think you might have read that today. Yeah, but yeah, he has been the best goalkeeper in the world for me. You can't take this away from it. It's his stage. It's why Liverpool signed him for games like this um, I can't really remember what he had to do against Tottenham in the final oh yeah he made a couple of he saved a free kick from Ericsson he, yeah, he saved one from saved one from uh, Kane towards the end I think it was 2-0 by that point and there was one from Lucas Moura as well so he made a couple of good I think that was Tottenham's best chance but he didn't catch it properly uh, and he just managed to get down and, and, and save it's, and I think to be honest I think he got mad of the match didn't he I think it was either him or Van Dijk got man of the match in, was, in, in, the, in the in the actual yeah. stadium itself. In fact, it might have even been me that gave him man of the match. Take <laughs> your player ratings out, find out. But then you can say all this same stuff about Courtois. He's Belgium's number one. He was great for Chelsea. I think he had a bit of a wobble when he wanted to get out. 
but now he's at Real Madrid. What I didn't realise is this is his first Champions League final. Well, he made, since he made the interesting. He made the interesting comment, didn't he, about now because he was against he was playing for Atletico Madrid at the time, mm-hmm. and they were in what was it one minute of, of yeah. winning it, and then Ramos said to equalise, and they went four one. In, in extra time and he said well I'm on the other side now he says and we all know that whenever Real Madrid gets to a final it's like a European final they win and well we mentioned earlier this week about Benzema was it Benzema who, who came out and said they're acting Liverpool are acting like they've already won yeah there's been it, a few it, was, was it definitely him yeah I think it was him wasn't it yeah apologies Karim if you're listening if it wasn't you but to be fair if you're listening what you're doing maybe anyway. he's got that up up he's listened to it in <laughs> yeah, French yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but is that confidence or is that arrogance or is that good arrogance or just overconfidence or any combination of those words that I've just said? Aren't both teams guilty of it, you'd say? They'll both be confident in their abilities to win. They'll make these statements saying they're confident. But then at the other side, it rubs the noses up the wrong way. Like um, one of the Real Madrid players, I think it was Carvalho, mentioned it yesterday. He said, I hope Salah's prepared to lose his second European Cup final with no Courtois. Basically said he's confident Real Madrid can win this one. Um, you think of how many Marcelo's won, how many Ancelotti's won. Everyone in these camps are going to be uh, confident of claiming yet another medal. It's why these clubs are the two most, or two of the three most successful in the Champions League history. If Saturday goes Liverpool's way, it'll be the joint two or two, two most two, successful. Yeah. Yes, got there. got there in the end. Thanks yeah. for bailing me out there, Gorsty. <laughs> well, Gorsty's got a good record since he's taken over from James Piacre. Then he lost the game. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and when, he, when he's not there, he, he tends, to, tends to lose. He went at West Ham, where he's so. Yeah, I've done all three defeats this year. Have you? Oh. Inter- oh no! But then you you were both at the other two, weren't you? Inter Milan. Yeah, I was, Inter- I was, Inter- at, the Inter- count, was I? at the three defeats. Yeah, and then and Leicester. Leicester. Yeah. yeah, Leicester. But um, it's incredible, isn't it? Sixty-two games and they've only lost three. To be fair, they have won two trophies and they got ninety-two points. So how many did they lose in um, two thousand and one? <clears throat> two thousand one loads, wasn't it? Three, yeah. they, they, they lost about three in the Europa Cup, didn't they? I can't remember. They lost, they lost one. They lost to Roma. Was that the only one? Actually, I haven't thought about it. Maybe. Can't yeah. remember. It's a long time. Twenty years. Were you even born then? Yeah. Anyway, she's talking about Hannah Pinnock. No, me, yes. Or Tom Cavilla, as it's pronounced, <laughs> not Cavilla. Anyway, we're finally going to come down to the teams. We've skirted around it long enough. Liverpool's starting 11 for the Champions League final, as you said, Paul. This is what the team would be if there's a Champions League final tomorrow. Well, there is. Um, against Real Madrid, here at the Stade de France, which is where we're recording this podcast, by the way. Um, are we going Alisson in goal? Yes. Yep, I think we'll go on Alisson and go. Right, I'll start with you, Theo, the defence. Trent, Robertson, Virgil van Dijk and Joel Matip. Why are you going with Matip? He's got the experience. He's been in a Champions League final before and won it. And Canate had a couple of mistakes in him that have led to goals in the semi-final against Wolves last weekend. I know he's got that pace. He's got that bit of power. But I just keep leaning towards Matip's experience. I think I've done that pretty much every time we've been asked to pick a team. Canate uh, has been cup or European centre-back I should say he did have a couple of good moments in the, the FA Cup but when Canata gets the nod in the FA Cup it'd be a big blow to Joel Matip if he then missed out the Champions League as well PG <clears throat> yeah I'm going with Matip he's, um, he's, he's I think he's better than Canate and that's no slight on, on Canate he's only just turned 23 and he's had a superb debut season at Liverpool and he, he will be one of Europe's top defenders I'm sure but I just think Matip has the experience um, just to come in and, and it's kind of a seamless partnership with Van Dijk, isn't it? So, yeah, Matip gets the nod. I've owned an ad over this one and I was about to say Canati, but I think I'm going to go with Matip purely on the basis that because you can make the five subs, if it goes a little yeah. bit awry, 
I think they can just throw Canati in there. I think there's every chance something like that could happen. Right, go. We'll, sorry, we'll go into the midfield then. Now it's up to you whether you want to select Fabinho and Thiago. I think we're all going to say Fabinho seems okay. Fabinho seems okay. I think Thiago is one where you're overthinking it when we see him walking over because we know he's had that injury. Like when you see that big hug he gives one of the staff members, that could just be thank you for getting me fit for this mm. Champions League final. But then he heads towards the tunnel. It could just be we're overthinking it. Um, but then it's the last game of the season. You just take a painkilling injection or something. You don't going to want to miss a Champions League final if you're fit enough to be involved. You're fit enough to start. Yeah, I agree. I think um, there was a there was a quote from Luis Diaz a few weeks ago when he said, "You don't think about fatigue if it's a final. You just fight and you go for it." And I, I think. Thiago will have a similar mindset. He obviously couldn't play the Carabao Cup final, could he? Because he dropped out in the warm-up. Um, he's he's not someone. He's a little bit of a Daniel Sturridge for me in terms of mm. if he's not at one hundred percent, he more than likely doesn't be involved. But I think he might make an exception for this one, his third Champions League final with a with a <coughs> different team. And then so, you say so, the five so, subs as well. Yeah. Mm. So we're all saying Fabinho and Thiago. So who's yeah. the third one? Henderson. I think Henderson is again captaincy, the leadership. Well, at the same time, he'd be a good player to bring on for that final 15, 20 minutes if they're winning to see a game out. That's the only concern with playing Fabinho on Henderson is that you can't sub one for the other. Mm. And then the Henderson, if like you want to start quickly, Cater's maybe better for that. For oh, I don't know, actually, them. I think Henderson would be better for that. I think that, that that's probably the reason why he will play to set some kind of tempo. If Liverpool want to go at it from the off, I think that's they probably turn to him. Plus, obviously. It would be slightly odd if the club captain doesn't lead the team out in a Champions League final. Although that doesn't necessarily always stand to reason. He's played <clears throat> played the most games, hasn't he, of his Liverpool yeah. career this season? Yeah, um, not, but the most not always from the start. Yeah. The yeah, but uh, yeah, that kind of shows you how well he's going to keep fit because he's had injury problems mm. throughout his career, hasn't he? And the fact that Liverpool have got so many options in midfield as well. So he didn't start all the Wembley games, though, did he? He started. He started the two finals. But he didn't not the start semi-final. the semi-final. No, mm. semi-final Liverpool were, were played really well. Then they were catered in there alongside Thiago. And um, I, th- I think at that point I was starting to think maybe this is Liverpool's first choice midfield. But I don't know. I just think he, he just offers a little bit more security, Henderson, and, and he'll be able to get about Modric a little bit better than Cater would. He's got the experience of playing against him in this sort of occasion before mm. as well. But it still feels like it's a toss-up between the two, isn't it? Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. have any qualms with either of them. No, starting. no. And the forward line, are we all going Diaz on the left, Salah on the right, and Super Sadio? Mane in the middle, the, f- the, f- the future Bayern Munich player in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> the Robert Lewandowski replacement down the middle. <laughs> yeah. Um, Actually, with Lewandowski, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Just imagine Lady Bat Bayern come in and go, oh, well, can we have. It's yeah, funny okay, how, yeah. how quickly that's become Liverpool's main front three, isn't it? Mm. I felt like for, for so long you were, you were thinking. Oh, well, Jota's ahead of Firmino now. And then Diaz has come in and now Liverpool have just got a new front three. Um, I hope, it's not, gonna be, next yeah, year. hope it's not going to be the last <laughs> time we see it, but we'll be sure to ask Sadio a full time in the mix zone. Can I just say, by the way, I'm very glad that we're not recording this because we're all wearing our passes, accreditation passes for the uh, final. And we have a collection of the worst byline pictures of ourselves you've ever seen. <laughs> Certainly, Mr. Mr. Gorse looks very <laughs> pleased with himself. Mine is the one that appears in the paper where I look very angry and got some hair actually on that one. And Theo just looks, I don't know what Mine's describe. the one they took describe um, that Theo. at UEFA headquarters, well, no, the UEFA base at Wembley for the Euros 
when my name stopped me getting in. So I missed the first half of the England game because of my ridiculous middle name. So I had to do my pass again. Yeah, so you, I, was, I was sat you, inside for two hours. You either look simmering inside or you've just got wind. It's one of the two. I'm going to say it was the former, but it could have been both. Uh, and finally, the bit that I've been putting off for a bit is the scores. Um, I'll start with... If I'll start with me. <clears throat> I think Real Madrid are going to win 2-1. I'm really sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. That's not just... I just... I don't know. There's something about it. There's just something about it. I just... Uh, I think they look to run out tomorrow. I think they can't carry on doing what they've been doing for months. And I think Liverpool will give them the hiding that they... Hiding? That they've been avoiding for a while. 1-0 would do. I think it will be tight. It's yeah. not gonna, I don't think it's going to be 1-0 or 0-0. I think there'll be some goals I think Liverpool win 2-1. Yeah. Uh, 1-0 or 2-0 and then it's penalties oh, again. No, penalties again. Don't say that. You want to get up, get out of the ground by you know, about 4 o'clock in the morning or something like that. One thing that we definitely will happen is that during the second half, one of us will turn to each other and go, Camavinga's had a good game yeah. since he come on. <laughs> and I'm a bit hungry now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and on that food bombshell, we will depart. Thanks everybody for listening to our missives from Paris. And we'll have another one after the game on, what day is it? Saturday. Saturday. After the game on Saturday, where hopefully we'll be talking about Liverpool being the Champions League winners for a seventh time and me being totally wrong with my predictions. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.